The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuwale Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani and Paul Brecht. Happy Aloha Monday. Happy YouTube Monday. Yes, we are recording this one for our YouTube channel. A lot of stuff you can check out. So go ahead, Hawaii Sports Radio Network on YouTube, including this show. I'm going to cheers you, camera, over there with my coffee in hand, my Ted Lasso cup. Hope everyone had an amazing weekend. And of course, happy Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We are, as you guys know, we pretty much take no holidays off. It is a special day, but I feel like the only holidays we really take off are like Christmas, Thanksgiving. That's about it. We pretty much work on every single yeah, I was going to say, we, those are the only two days that I can remember, yeah. like actual holidays where I had to look at the boards and be like, am I going in today? <laughs> so obviously it's not like we don't appreciate and love this holiday and hope everyone takes the message. And it, it feels like it's kind of our message that we have on this show, just be kind to everybody. We always talk about people deserve second chances. Everyone deserves a first chance, first and foremost, despite any type of, you know, again, color, skin, backgrounds, whatnot. Just treat people how you want to be treated. The golden rule. It feels like I feel like that was like the first thing you learned in elementary school. The golden rule. Treat people how you want to be treated. And do they still teach that in elementary? I do not know. But I still try my best to live by that every single day and just just be kind. It's so and then easy. If, and, but then if someone is mean to you, then you can just cut them off like I do. And well, you're like, all right, bye. <laughs> so and that's my favorite part, right? Where being positive is very, very easy. Yeah. And very, very good in my personal opinion, obviously. But also, like, if somebody is mean to you, somebody is, you know, whatever, whatever term you'd like to use, <laughs> um, they're not entitled to being in your life. Yeah. And that is the beautiful part about it, beautiful people. You can cut them off and cut them out of access to your life and if they want access that bad they'll look in the mirror and realize maybe I should change (laughs) something and if not you're going to be better off because you're protecting your peace exactly don't let anybody steal your sparkle and steal your shine there's your lesson yeah there's our or that's kind of our everyday lesson but because of the holiday it's almost like a double down reminder to start off the show for everyone that tunes in this and every weekday morning all right another beautiful thing that happened it was a beautiful day for golf over the weekend i was out at the sony open uh, alongside actually uh athletics director craig angelis giving out um those golf chips that everybody wanted so much and congratulations to Grayson Murray, who won the Sony Open with a crazy, like, 40-foot birdie that was part of a three-way playoff, earning him just under $1.5 million. Not bad for four days' work, you know what I mean? So it, it was it was storybook, and his, his personal story is quite amazing. The journey he's been through, he, he got sober maybe about eight months ago and has worked his way back, and now wins the Sony Open. So it, it was a... Again, storybook way to end it. Lots of fun out there. Beautiful day. And for some of the spectators, it was a nice day because the sun was out, but we still have like this nice, cool wind chill going on. So you're not completely like dying in the hot sun out there at Wailai Country Club. 
So it was a nice day to walk around on the course. Hopefully we got to see some of you guys. Uh, Craig was out there meeting everyone and he's just doing his thing. And that's what I love about this athletics director. You know, he understands he's new here, but he was going out meeting the business leaders. I had a tough gig by being the one that gets to get invited into all of the skyboxes because I'm with Craig no. Angelus. So, oh no, all of the food I get to eat oh. and the free beverages <laughs> I get and the nice views. But no, he was he was out there meeting people, getting ideas. As we mentioned, he kind of has like the little notepad that he brings with him, writing down ideas. So I just want to, you know, kind of share that insight with everyone because he's he hasn't stopped working. Like he's just going. He knows what he needs to do, trying to get more people involved in the University of Hawaii because that's what we need. Uh, during my time that I was with him, though, I was able to ask him about the Oregon game. So for UH football, it was reported by Action Network. And, you know, they always say sources. Well, here you guys are. I have the number one source in Craig Angeles to <laughs> pretty good guy to, <laughs> to confirm that yes, indeed, the Oregon game is not happening this upcoming season in 2024. However, there has been no decision made yet, and as far as what they are going to do, whether they're going to reschedule it down the road, cancel it completely. And by cancel it completely, it's either cancel this only this one game, because remember, there's two more games left in this series. So um, either cancel this one game and get paid some money or get cancel both games, this game and the other game and get a little bit more money. So no decision has been made yet on what they are going to do with that series with Oregon. But yes, sorry, people, it is officially canceled. They are still working to at least get that one more game on their schedule to get to that 12. Uh, just to recap, there are currently three non-conference or non-conference games with UCLA, Sam Houston, and Northern Iowa, which is an FCS school. We talked about it before. Should they schedule another FCS school, that would be easier. You know, FCS schools will be, are more willing and possibly not have their schedule set, but only if they beat both. Only one will count towards that win total to make a bowl game. So that's the difficult part. Uh, they have the other games, the seven games against Mountain West opponents, and then that one game against Washington State in that scheduling alliance. So a lot of stuff to get into, but uh, we'll definitely keep you posted. However, keeping with the University of Hawaii football discussion, because I told you guys, or we told you guys on this show, that you will start hearing coaching updates <laughs> this week. We told you last week that, hey, next week you'll start to hear more of the coaching updates. Uh, so we can blame Stephen Sai for this information coming out, and it won't be on us. So <laughs> that is not, This is not because of us. But we didn't know. <laughs> but we didn't know. But again, we don't want to be the ones to get into trouble for knowing certain information. But Stephen Sai uh, released an article in the Star Advertiser yesterday about the finalization of new coaches being added to the coaching staff uh, to replace the those that whose contracts weren't renewed and co-OC Ian Shoemaker, co-DC Etienne, and cornerbacks coach Steve Ir Irvin, excuse me, Dennis Thurman, who I'll have Paul tell you a little bit in just a second. <laughs> Dennis Thurman will be the DC and cornerbacks coach. He is most recently coming over from Coach Prime staff at Colorado and even before that at Jackson State. So has been in the biz for a very, very long time, but has a very special, a very special stop that he did on his very veteran tenure so far in coaching in football. What? Could that possibly be, Paul? 
no, sorry, sorry. If you're if you're only listening, uh, I just flashed the creepiest smile at the camera ever. But uh, <laughs> Dennis Thurman spent, I mean, more than a decade in the NFL and a lot of seasons with my New York Jets, and in fact, with the New York Jets that last made the playoffs. Big reason why he's a, a big part of my heart because <laughs> he was part of those 2009-2010 coaching staffs that led the New York Jets to the AFC Championship game in back-to-back seasons, had one of the best defenses in the NFL. He was the defensive backs coach back then, a former D-back himself as well, a graduate of USC, a USC alum. And if you... Fight on. Yeah, go fight on. (laughs) Uh, If you've noticed, I've tweeted out a few times something about USC cornerbacks or defensive backs joining uh, Hawaii football in 2024. I may have been hinting towards this, take it as you may. He's pretty awesome. He's had a couple of stops in the NFL as defensive coordinator, a few seasons with the Jets, a few seasons with the Bills, worked with guys like Darrell Revis, Stephon Gilmore, Antonio Cromartie, multi-time pro bowlers, multi-time all-pro. I mean, Darrell Revis was, uh, I mean... Oh. <laughs> Everybody, he, he's like, a if, you're, if you're just an NFL fan, I feel like almost everyone's yeah. a, a fan of Darrell Revis. Yeah, he, he's an NFL Hall of Famer. So you're getting a guy who has worked with some of quite literally the best in the defensive backfield to ever play the sport, and also you're getting a guy who, like you said, Ku, his coaching tenure doesn't just span the NFL. He's been at the college ranks for a long time. He actually went back, I believe, to USC. Well, you know. Once the news is officially announced, we'll we'll have a full write up uh, up on the site mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of details. And if you didn't believe that we had, you know, the, this information <laughs> before, I could show you the timestamp of when I wrote that story. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, Dennis Thurman, a really really exciting hire, and somebody who, coming from Coach Prime staff, you know, is going to be able to connect with players as well. You know, guy who played the g- game at a high level, played in the NFL guy who is now coached at the high, highest level and the second highest level in the NCAA. It's an exciting hire for Hawaii football fans, or at least it should be, in my opinion. I think so, too. And uh, he will so he will be the defensive coordinator and also the cornerbacks coach. I know for a lot of, you know, a lot of our Hawaii folks are wondering what happened to co-defensive coordinator uh, Jacob Ural. He as far as I know, is still going to be on the coaching staff and will be coaching the safety. So uh, from when I and things could change throughout this week because nothing is officially official, but uh, Jacob Euro will still be on staff. However, Dennis Thurman will be the sole defensive coordinator should everything get finalized and when he comes in. Other additions, Dan Morrison, who we said his name a lot throughout the last season because he was almost like a volunteer coach with helping out with Braden Shager and the whole quarterbacks things. Now he will uh, likely join the staff in an official capacity and will come on board to be co-offensive coordinator along with Roman Sapolu still uh, and also the pass game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. So another veteran coach obviously was part of the Sugar Bowl run that everybody remembers and June Jones staff. So knows what he's doing, knows what to work with quarterbacks. He's going to come in. Also, Jeff Reinbold, another name that we are familiar with, part of the previous uh, highly successful regime here at Hawaii Football, made stops at the CFL, went, came here, what was that, Timmy's first year as more of a, what's the lack of a better term of consultant, but football, but. So, 
on the Wikipedia yeah. page, uh, it referred to him as like an executive or some sort of executive yeah. tenure, and it was a director of player development. That's what it was. I yeah. think it was. Yeah. And either way, it was a weird title. This one, a little more set in stone, yeah. and nonetheless, another veteran addition to the coaching staff, yeah. which fans I, I've seen on Twitter get a little bit excited about. Yeah. This one, yeah, his um, role, it. it According to Stephen Sai's article, will be he will coach defensive tackles and nose guards. So when you go through it, and there's, there's a couple of they're still you know seeking out a running backs coach, and I believe that's it. So running backs. One of the things though that you notice both you know OC and DCs coming in, it was kind of like what we talked about a lot last year, Paul, where you know when when you have someone like. Jacob Euro or Ian Shoemaker, who does have a lot of time coaching, but at the FCS level, and you have Timmy Chang, who's a brand new head coach, never had never had an like an OC uh, experience. He was supposed to at Colorado State, but then he came here. So these coaches are very young in terms of just their overall experience. So you have all of these coaches at the you know coordinator level and above with very little experience in that. And hey, Paul and I are. Two people that are very much like, hey, we're the, we're the young kids, but you know what? We hit the ground running and we learn quickly and there's nothing wrong with being young and having little experience and being able to do the job. It's 100%. It can go either way. But at this division, they're, they're not working in sports radio like we are. They are essentially running a franchise, Division One football, you know, when craziness is happening right now and it, it's good that you can have some of these veterans come in especially a Dennis Thurman who experienced time with coach prime and uh, on top of everything else that he's done in his career Dan Morrison also someone that has a lot of experience so now Timmy Chang like can rely on both these guys to bring in all of their experience that they've had and be the one to ultimately make any type of decisions that need to be made with this program. But it's nice to have the veteran like ear, you know, like people to rely on and including also Jeff Reinbold. Dan Morrison, as we mentioned, was there, but now he will be there in a full time capacity. So I, I really like these moves. Again, not taking anything away from the coaches that have been here and all of their dedication but sometimes this is what needs to happen when you do need to have some type of experience in the locker room and that you can rely on. So I'm, I'm looking forward to how this season plays out because Timmy is still definitely learning, but Timmy wants and to succeed so badly, like all of us want for him. And I'm, fair, I'm getting very excited about these uh, potential coaching hires. As you should be. I mean, so the way that I sit here and I look back at last season, we talked so much about how this team was learning how to win and how this team was learning on the fly and how you're young at a lot of positions in terms of snap counts and how the coaching staff was young. And that was something that we hammered home really in the middle of the mm-hmm. season when Hawaii was going through those struggles was that you didn't necessarily have that 30-plus year coaching veteran on the staff in a prominent role who has seen it all. And now you're adding two to your coordinator rooms, and then Jeff Reinbold, who is also, I mean, God, you want to talk about a guy who's been around (laughs) football forever, another guy to the coaching staff who has really seen it at a super high level. And like you said, that doesn't mean that oh, Timmy's hanging or handing over the reins to all of these guys and they're mm-hmm. going to make the calls when it comes to the UH program and yada, yada, yada. No, 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 no. 
this is all right. We have a nice mixture of new age football, new age college athletics, and what you need to compete in the NCAA these days. And now these veteran coaches to serve as a foundation to the coaching staff, as a foundation to the development of these players, guys who have been there and they know what it takes to actually win games on the football field, to develop guys in practice, not necessarily their, their you know, NIL and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but... I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of that is just creating relationships with guys. The transfer portal is being able is the same thing as recruiting, creating relationships with these guys. So I think it is really, really good. And to go off of your your comparison of us here at HSRN and coaches, I would almost argue that it's the same. If you look at us, we have our AC Custodio, we have our Alan Mia, mm-hmm. who in the background, they are long-time veterans <laughs> of this industry and you know they they pull some strings in the background they might not True. be on radio every single day but nonetheless important to the overall flow and that's what I'd compare these hires to where maybe they're not talking to the media every day maybe they're not making every single decision mm-hmm. but to the foundation of winning for UH football in 2024 at the very least these guys will be very important I think just like we're winning here at the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. All right, way up against the clock. Uh, When we come back, though, we do have to tell you about another important, not coaching hire, but coaching change, in case you guys have not seen it on social media yet, and it has to deal with someone, or a couple of people, I guess, that are on the coaching staff right now. So we will tell you about that when we come back on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Ku'ule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den, Ku'ule Agbayani and Paul Brecht. Getting the show started with some University of Hawaii football discussion as their uh, Stephen Sai reported on the Star Advertiser since it's kind of official and we won't get in trouble for talking about this now <laughs> about the coaching changes. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, it's still waiting to be finalized, uh, but we will see Dennis Thurman come in as the new defensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Dan Morrison come in as the co-offensive coordinator, still along with Roman Sapolu uh, and pass game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. And then Jeff Reinbold will coach defensive tackles and nose guards. But there has been a significant change as well. I don't want to say but, but in addition, there's been a significant change in titles within the program already. Coach CB, Chris Brown, the linebackers coach, has been elevated to the associate head coaching role. And Thomas Sheffield, our guy Thomas Sheffield, our ride or die, he will still remain on staff and will only handle his uh, special teams coordinator duties. So, Coach CB elevated, which we are still, he is on the list to get in studio. And he, just like Craig, has been one where every time I've run into him, he was like, when am I going to get to be on your show? So hopefully now that he has a, uh, you know, added associate head coach to his title, he will still be able to come join. Well, I'm sure because Thomas, Thomas was the, now. yeah, nah, Coach CB is like I the was going to say, I doubt CB is going to be uh, no. too big time for us after. I've just been kind of, so I've kind of just been trying to time it perfectly because, I mean, one, it's hard to even bother them during the season. And then the holidays came. So I'm like, all right, I don't want to like 
you know, hey, come during the holidays. And then the whole things with like early signing happening. So I don't want to distract from any type. I mean, they went to Las Vegas to go see Micah Alejado. So I didn't want to interject with all of that stuff going on. And then now, you know, we have signing day coming up in February and now these coaching changes. So I'm like, all right, how do we time this perfectly? Maybe I'll just text him and see if we get it him this month or maybe after probably after signing day, because then he can talk about more like in depth of the guy, like overall the class that they have coming in. So I think I'll text him and see like when it will be best. Why not get him Mm -hmm. right when when UH announces him as the new associate head coach? We'll get to know CB kind of the way we have. Uh, we, If you missed it, we do have that kind of series back on our YouTube channel where we sat down with a, a whole variety of UH coaches. We actually sat down with Dane Fujinaka, the HPU head coach, recently as well. So if you're interested in any of those conversations and getting to know the coaches, mm-hmm. you know, we could do one of those where we chit-chat with him in the next couple of weeks before signing day. And then once rubber hits the road, people, you know, put pen to paper, then perhaps we could bring him on in another month. And talk a little bit more about those, uh, a, a little more football and a little less who is CB. It's true. I should probably like get, you know, all the workout advice that I can give him. So true. Yeah. yeah. We, we should get our workout plans together for him, you know, because he clearly he got he to gotta work on his physique yeah, well, just a wanna, little bit, Paul. I, I care about him, right? I, I want him to look as good as possible. And, you know, it's just... No, shout out CB. What an awesome oh guy. Oh, my gosh. He's like... And really so if excited. You guys, if you guys Can't know... Be, couldn't have happened for a better guy as yeah. well. If you guys know, like, what... Obviously, you know we're being facetious if you know at all on how what CB looks like. Like, he's basically looks like The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So <laughs> that's why we kind of joke about... Yeah, We'll get our workout regimen for him because, you know, he clearly needs some advice from from us here in studio. He'd take both of those workout regimens and he'd crush them. Like he he would crush them and then be like, that was all you guys got for me. Like he he would be embarrassed by how little we gave him. I almost feel like I, I just I don't know. Superhero CB in my mind. <laughs> yes. By the way, I did kind of have a brief chat with Thomas about it. And, you know, he's he's totally a Timmy guy. He knows um, after they had a chat, obviously, like anything else, like anyone that has a title like that, like taken like in any profession, not just football. But you're like, wait, what? It, at first, of course, it'll hit you like it's jarring. Oh, like you're kind of bummed. And man, what what's going on? But Timmy's good where if he explains what the situation is, you know, Thomas is clearly he's, you know, hey, no hard feelings, still staying on board. Everyone's still in it to win it. So, of course, shout out to Thomas Sheffield and even Jake Girl, because I know it's not easy to be have someone else come in. Whether you feel like they're the best person for the job, it's just that initial like, oh, you know, like in any job, I'd we'd all be that way. But fortunately, they're all they're all about the program. That's why it's, you know, it's we're only going to the season with the positive and the best outlook. And I think fans, if you're not excited already, we can look forward to, you know, winning the season or at least seeing more of a, I don't know, for lack of a better term, potentially barring any injuries, of course, like a stable product and a more cohesiveness where I hope maybe the first couple of games you'll be like, oh, man, what's going on? Because they still are figuring things out, but we won't have kind of this multiple question marks in the middle of the season like where which team are we going to get today I don't know what's going on on defense okay defense looks good now wait now what's going on all right 
our offense? Why aren't they running? You know, I feel like we'll go into the season now with being more so on the same page, having, and it is year three. So Timmy knew he needed to make changes because this is when you have to win. This is when his job starts being questioned and starts being on the line is in year three, you're taking over a program. You're one and two. You're still figuring things out. You're still recruiting your guys. By year three is when we need to start seeing to start. a solid product. We need to start seeing wins. Results. Yeah. So he knew that. That's why all these coaching changes had to happen. So, again, doubling down as if no one thought before. Timmy is here. He's serious. He wants to do well by this program. He wants to do best by the people of Hawaii. That's kind of the reason why he somewhat convinced Coach Brown or Chris Brown to come over from Las Vegas to here, basically saying, hey, and this is in Steven Sai's article, like, you know, the state gave so much to us. Now it's time for us to give back to the state. So it's they're they're coaching for more than just, hey, I want to do well so I can chase like the next big bag and the next big coaching job. They legitimately want to do well by the state and want to get wins. And I think that is something that the fans and the people of Hawaii in general can just be like excited for in case they didn't already know. There's a general selflessness mm-hmm. amongst the coaching staff for University of Hawaii football where, like you said, it, it's human nature to feel some sort of way when your job title is changed or you're giving, given less responsibility from the outside looking in. But like you said... For that to not cause upheaval and just to be, all right, let's put our head down and get back to work. I think that speaks a lot to the character of the people on staff as well. And like you like you were just saying, their commitment to the state of Hawaii, to the fans, to the people, to the players, to put the best product out there that they possibly can, not necessarily worrying about what their ego is mm-hmm. or what their ego could be. Which we see a lot be. in Division One football. And, and that's kind of why I'm making a point to point it out is that, especially in today's day and age of college athletics where money is flying around and if somebody wants you, they'll have you. These guys are putting it all out there for the kids still. For the kids. For know? the kids. Do and it for that's the kids. just... That's nice to see, and it, as as a fan, it would give me a lot of comfort to know that we're doing things the right way inside the building, and most mm-hmm. times when you do things the right way, results do end up following. And like you said, it's year three. Results need to start coming and coming quick. We saw a step last year. Let's take the next one now. Woo, I'm excited. Is it football season yet? Oh, yeah. Got to get through uh, National Letter of Intent Day. <laughs> <laughs> it's so long from now. I mean, Paul's and my team aren't in the NFL playoffs, and all right. you know, like now. Two weeks it's- from today, Koo. Two weeks from today. Oh. Guess what? University of Hawaii football spring practices Woo-hoo! start. Bang, let's go! It's football season again. Woohoo! Because oh, our teams can't make the playoffs. Oh, and our poor Micah. Let's Carol's team got knocked out too, so we're just all out of it. All right. Well, when we come back, we will. Uh, so this wraps up kind of our UH football discussion for now. We'll definitely once everything with the coaching staff gets finalized, we'll definitely talk about that. As Paul mentioned, you can see more of an extensive write up on some of these coaches uh, that will be available on HawaiiSportsRadio.com. Should and when the Again, everything gets finalized. But for now, we'll close the book on for today and definitely get into the NFL discussion and the NFL playoffs 
wildcard round that happened this weekend next on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. Let the beat drop. (laughs) Kule Agbayani alongside DJ Pauly B. I cannot do that sound effect at all. That's the sound effect we forgot to include on there. True. A little look behind the scenes. I I may have started our our jump into the sound effect world, but I did not get the... I I don't even know. What would that be? It's part of a song, and I got to look at what song it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I don't know. I got to look it up. Either way, I did end up adding some sort of stuff, and (laughs) at the end of the day... That's what it. That's what it's about. Yeah. Trying to put together a catalog, and uh, I did it in time for the playoffs. And tell you what, uh, a fun start to this wild card weekend so far. Yes, so much fun. Uh, hope you guys have fun with us, though. All of you, beautiful list of all the beautiful he- people. Mahalo for tuning in this and every weekday morning on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network or. Throughout the week, we have a lot of stuff. Last week, we had a lot of uh, OI girls basketball action. Shout out to our Yeah You players of the game that we announced. We have more high school basketball tomorrow between Kahuku and Kaiser, 7 o'clock p.m. And then now, first HPU broadcast of the new year, we have men's and women's basketball at Chaminade on Thursday and men's and women's basketball at versus UH Hilo on Saturday. So be sure you to go on HawaiiSportsRadio.com, click on the program guide, you can see all the stuff, or click on the OIA or HPU tabs for their breakdown of what broadcast we will have. So tons of stuff. Uh, another beautiful thing, I want to send a shout out and a very happy birthday to my Auntie Lily. Woo! Happy birthday, Auntie! Happy birthday, Auntie! I know it was a tough ending to the year last year that she is the wonderful wife of my Uncle Pat. So I know it was difficult for uh, everyone last year, but Happy birthday, Auntie, and enjoy your year. I love you very, very much. Uh, And yeah, hope to see you guys all very, very soon. All right. Getting into our NFL discussion. (laughs) Can't believe the last game of the NFL. Well, last game of the weekend. Obviously, there's still two more games to be played today. I was going to say last game of the wild card round. Whoops. (laughs) But I mean, anyways. So uh, I can't believe that was the most exciting down to the wire game sorry to our Michael Lascaro who is a Rams fan and there it goes I know there was a lot of questionable non-calls throughout the stretch of that game including a roughing the passer and a pass interference call on Puka Nakua nonetheless you still have the entire game to play and to score touchdowns so the Lions come out on top 24-23 over the Rams uh but as I texted our Michael, I'm like, and we've said it multiple times on this show. You know what? Good teams win. Great teams cover. So yeah. <laughs> Lions were favored by three, only one by one. So there you go to our L.A. Rams fans who wanted to uh, have faith in your team there. But it's, you know, hey, as a Bears fan, the Lions are in the same division as the Bears. But the Lions are kind of 
being a Cubs fan also, it's almost like the Lions were like the lovable losers of the division. You kind of like cheer for them to do well. And hey, first playoff win in 32 years. I love how on the TV broadcast they showed the season ticket holder who was like a season ticket holder for 66, 66 years. years and, you know, still kicking. Shout out Sicko's <laughs> committee. Shout they out said Sicko's this committee. guy is the original Sicko. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. It was the He's Best. definitely seen some stuff. I joke about seeing some stuff as a Jets fan. The only two fan bases I will ever allow speak down to me on this on the lovable loser side of things are the Browns and the Lions. That guy, that guy has seen some hey. stuff. <laughs> you, I respect the living daylights yes. out of him, and I'm so happy for him and all the Lions fans who have waited so long. For a moment like this. 32 years, Koo. I wasn't alive the last time the Lions won a playoff game. You want to think about something crazy? Think about that. I didn't exist. Oh I wasn't even gosh. a thought. I wasn't even a sparkle in my parents' eyes. That's, <laughs> that's right. Oh, shout out to shout out to Kanoa Lehi from Spectrum Sports. Like We were kind of giving, like ragging on him on uh, Saturday after the UH men's basketball game. Like, they're going to win or what? They're going to win. He's a longtime Lions fan as well. And Sure enough, they won. Our text thread was going crazy after they won. And more importantly, in terms of just looking at this year, since the Cowboys lost, which we will get to in just a second, since the Cowboys lost, the Detroit Lions now have home fields, obviously until if they have to play the 49ers. But to get home field again in the divisional round, like that is they lucked out completely and i'm sure their fans are excited for them to host another playoff game at home cuz you're just thinking and you know they said it after the game however they they're like oh we're kind of bummed we did want to see the Dallas Cowboys again and almost have that kind of redemption and play them once again but hey you can't knock having home field for a playoff game so Shout out to the Lions again. Uh, some questionable calls down the stretch, but eh, you still had the That's rest. The NFL. Yeah, you still had the rest of the game to potentially win. And man, I, they're kind of like the team that everyone's going to cheer for. Dan Bleep and Campbell, my guy that I've been rooting for ever since like hard knocks of that season. And I read a, something about his profile, and it's really cool. Well, it's kind of funny because there's another tie-in to Cowboys because he is originally from Texas. And he had said about the coaching job in Detroit that because he's from Texas, the persona and the personality of the people in the city of Detroit kind of matches him where it's just very blue-collar, hardworking. You know, you just you go for the grind. And, I'm, and Dan Campbell, even though he's not from Detroit, he shares the same mentality. And just like how we were talking about Timmy Chang and the staff and wanting to do well and do so much for the people of Hawaii. That's the same mentality that Dan Campbell has for Detroit and the Lions. And I think that's part of the reason why they've done so good. Obviously, he clearly knows like his X's and O's, but the players can feel that, the organization can feel that. And that's what they've been missing all this time is just the lack of care within the Detroit Lions organization. And now they have someone like Dan Campbell at the helm and they're going to keep doing great things. You saw Megatron on the field, you everyone knew he kind of had like that, I don't even want to say love-hate relationship. He kind of did not like the Lions organizations after his retirement. Took him like a year to respond to a tweet after they won, like, made it into the playoffs. So a uh, lot of good things to look forward to in Detroit. So we will see how, and you know what? That's going to be an interesting game. It'll be a fun game. 
I like the the story. So there are plenty of storylines oh, when it tons. comes to Dan Campbell. I think my favorite one is that he was on that 0-16 Detroit Lions team mm-hmm. in 2008. So he saw, I believe he was injured that year. I, I was just trying to read up quick on it just to make sure so I wasn't giving the beautiful people wrong information. But in 2008, he was on that 0-16 Detroit Lions team. Now, if you're, if you're not necessarily as well-versed in football lore, 0-16 has happened, I believe, twice since the modern era. They are the first ones to do it. The Browns just did it more recently, I guess. (laughs) But Dan Campbell was on that 2008 Lions team. He saw Detroit at its lowest. Now he's back. And man, are they flying high. It's so cool to see. And I like like you said, so happy for our friend Kanoa Leahy and so many other Detroit Lions fans who have endured years and years of being the butt of the joke in the NFC. And now... They really are biting off kneecaps. (laughs) Oh, yeah. If you guys don't know, that's kind of Dan Campbell's uh, quote that went viral. It's what they bite off kneecaps. But it's really what they did. (laughs) Like, they are a tough, grinded out, hard nosed team who they do what it takes to win. And that showed against a team. They they expelled some demons in a semi like metaphorical sense Mm -hmm. of their old quarterback coming in and Matthew Stafford, the prodigal son. I mean, so many fans thought that that was the end, and of course, that's the way that the script goes. It wasn't. It wasn't. And going over to another game where unfortunate ending to the script, the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, this is the same (laughs) script as always. The Packers beat the Cowboys in the playoffs only to go get smoked by the 49ers in the next round. (laughs) Green Bay Packers. We go from a team that us fellow NFC North uh, division team fans root for in the Lions to the team that we absolutely despise and will root against. Like, if if and when the Packers lose in the playoffs, the Bears feel like they won the Super Bowl because the last thing we want is to see the Packers even get into the Super Bowl, let alone win a Super Bowl, because they've only won one when they had Aaron Rodgers, and that's pretty much the majority of the time that I've been a Chicago Bears fan that it feels like. But Packers come out on top over the Dallas Cowboys. Green Bay was actually the seven-point dog heading into that game, one straight up. First home loss for the Cowboys in 16 months and the most points allowed in a postseason game. Ouch. Cowboys haven't reached an NFL championship since their most recent of their five Super Bowl titles, or NFC championship, excuse me, is since their most recent of their five Super Bowl titles 28 years ago and didn't trail by more than eight points at home this season before falling behind 27 nothing in the first half. Like, it's crazy. And Paul and I talked about it when we were previewing and giving our predictions for the wild card round is that we didn't know what Dallas Cowboys team is going to show up. They're so iffy. I never believed in Dak Prescott any given time. The defense has kind of been their solid. And the defense, I mean, Green Bay was just ripping apart that defense too. I'm like, what is going on? It was almost, it was surprising, but not surprising. Cause I'm like, oh, well, I guess we know which Cowboys team showed up, you know, because it's like, oh. and we, we were saying too, that point spread was a little too high as much as it pains me to even remotely think about the Packers winning beforehand or competing with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm like, mm, just don't have that much faith in the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Now there's a couple of decisions to be made with head coach Mike McCarthy, as we know, potentially Jerry Jones throwing out any type of money he can for Jim Harbaugh to come in 
there. Who knows? Bill and Belichick then, will be the Cowboys next. Or Bill coach, Belichick is another one that's going to potentially come down. And then what do you do with Dak Prescott? So Cowboys at least are. <laughs> Or Michael S. Carlson a screenshot of our grids and our stuff for this week. No more Cowboys games on this station. We got to <laughs> wait till next season. So our schedule for the week does not change at all because the Cowboys do not get scheduled on the station because their season is ultimately all pal. All oh, pal. Dallas. <laughs> I am treading lightly here, but I'm I'm going to say it. Yeah. Uh, my Jets haven't made the playoffs in 13 years. Cool. Guess what? Since 2000, the Jets have more playoff wins than the Dallas Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins. Boom. There's your stat. So, in addition to that stat, the Houston Texans have more playoff wins than the Dallas Cowboys since 2002 when the Houston Texans had their inaugural season. Boom. Addition to your stat. Boom. That's crazy. Stat for stat. <laughs> You, if you oh, beautiful cowboys. people want something fun, we can go staff or stat <laughs> sometime where it's like we'll, we'll really drop some fun stuff for you. But oh, uh, cowboys. oh, cowboys for sure. If it comes to perpetual playoff chokers, and I feel horrible saying this, especially knowing how much we love our friend Thomas Sheffield. Well, and the Dallas Cowboys are my second team that I do legitimately root for. But and one of my best buddies is a Cowboys fan. Eh. I I like to. I like when my friends are in the same pain I am for sports. But <laughs> it, it just, the Cowboys over the last two decades have done nothing to inspire confidence in others that they can win in the playoffs, whether it's Tony Romo under center or now Dak Prescott. They are a phenomenal, phenomenal regular season team that just has not been able to translate into the postseason. Oh, well. Although I did see something funny that got tweeted out about the irony that uh, the Packers would end Mike McCarthy's tenure at the Dallas Cowboys because Mike McCarthy used to be the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. So I'm like, everything's coming full circle. What? Anyways. The script writers are pretty good. I know. Cool. Dang, these script writers. Got to step aside. When we come back, we will get to a couple of more games, including, yes, the Dolphins-Chiefs game and what's next for Tua Tonga-Vailoa after next season now that got to start making decisions at the quarterback position, not only for the Dallas Cowboys, but also the Miami Dolphins, to close it out on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. It's Wake Up in the Dan Kule, Agbayani, and Paul Brecht. Coming up tomorrow, since we didn't get into it today, uh, you know, it's just so much football on the slate with NFL Wild Card Weekend. And as we mentioned, we had to start off the show with University of Hawaii football news. Uh, and we'll keep you updated on UH football throughout the week as we can start to see some things get finalized. If you missed that beginning part of the show, you can still listen to it on demand at hawaiisportsradio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, uh, going straight into it. So we talked about some of the games Earlier, so the Lions will host the winner of t- one of today's games between the Bucks and the Eagles. Green Bay goes on to play the number one overall seed in San Francisco, who had the bye week. And then we will see what happens. It's weird because it's like all the other games are like kind of not funky, but the scheduling. So the obviously the the matchups are set, but then the scheduling depending on who wins today will determine what game is on what days. 
it'll be kind of iffy. I'll and then honest. who wins? Because like lower seed plays higher seed, and it's just I yeah. hate the NFL playoffs <laughs> the way that they do the the bracketing and whatnot. It doesn't. It has never made sense to me. And part of that's my fault. I never took the time to really try and break it down. But it seems very like strange to have changing second round opponents based on the the seeding of team that got in or whatever and maybe this is because i'm a purist and i love my my nba playoffs and my oh my, where it just stays and it's yeah. just like one yeah. v8 then you play the winner you of just the keep going. you know four or five round yeah. i like that better but uh, god either way it's some funky funky combinations still at <laughs> at hand all right some of the other games to uh happen over the weekend uh, on the saturday games Texans, my, 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 the Houston Texans, not just beating, but walloping <laughs> Cleveland Browns. Joe Flacco's comeback year comes to an end. Texans 45-14. Woohoo! Uh, and Houston, by the way, was the two and a half point underdog going into that game. I mean, that was stupid. Line, Whoever put that. Line dumb. total was 45, which the Texans hit all by themselves with that 45 to 14. So as we mentioned earlier, the Texans now have more playoff wins than the Dallas Cowboys since the Houston Texans inaugural season in 2002. How about CJ Stroud, rookie quarterback, rookie head coach? Why couldn't the Bears get that Ohio State quarterback? Dang it. But either way, uh, I don't know. It's I wanted D'Amico Ryan to succeed, and I'm glad he is there because it for a long time it just seemed like that's where they just the Houston Texans just wanted to fill the quota, but not set their coaches up for success. So I'm glad D'Amico Ryan could come in there and prove like, hey, I can win. Like I'm I'm proving myself here in Houston. No one ever thought they would make it this far, let alone win a, a playoff game. So I'm looking forward to what they are able to accomplish going forward I'm they're kind of just like the lines I'm like you know what I'm gonna cheer for the Texans because I want to see the rookie head coach and the rookie quarterback succeed in in the playoffs they're so fun dude yeah they I mean they took the Jets script verbatim <laughs> hire a San Francisco defensive coordinator with a lot of energy who is a player's coach draft a quarterback number two overall put a couple of pieces around him have a kick butt defense and let's ride baby and tell you what the Texans have been riding they they have been awesome this year and even through a, an up and down stretch for them it wasn't necessarily as down as it's been in previous years and we talked a little bit about the script writers tell you what what a what a script it was for the Texans mm -hmm. to go in with their rookie quarterback and their rookie head coach face off against the team who they own their first round draft pick because they traded their superstar quarterback there and absolutely mollywhopped them in the first round go into the second round now go into the divisional round and man who knows when you have when you get it right at the quarterback position incredible things can happen from year 1 and that's what the Texans are showing right now and what a performance they had this past weekend yeah. against one of the top tier defenses in the league. Yeah, Though I will a say, team. the Browns, strangely enough, their defense, uh, the number 32 scoring defense on the road and the number one scoring defense at home. Hmm. So, similar to the Cowboys, a team that kind of a Jekyll and Hyde act when they are 
in Cleveland compared to not necessarily within the friendly confines of the dog pound. <laughs> Another game, though, also the last last but not least, of course, of the games that I know a lot of Hawaii people care about, the Kansas City Chiefs over the Miami Dolphins, 26-7. to Kansas City was the four-and-a-half-point favorite going into that game. Easy cover. It was minus degree or minus four degrees Fahrenheit at kickoff record for the coldest game at Arrowhead Stadium. 25 mile an hour winds equaled a minus 27 degree wind chill. However, unlike the Buffalo game that we will see today, Miami or not Miami, excuse me, Kansas City does have heaters under like these piping heaters under the field. So it's not as rock solid as it will could potentially be in Buffalo. So a lot of people talking about the cold. It For the most part, it wasn't as it, for the fans, maybe. But for the players themselves, there were a lot of things that are put in place to make sure that the game is just fine. Uh, the Dolphins have not won a playoff game since December of 2000. Now it leaves the question marks on Tua's long-term um, future with the franchise. We talked about it before. The Dolphins did pick up his fifth-year option, so he is guaranteed around $23 million next season. However, this is where you do you give him something? Do you take a chance, as we saw with Dak Prescott in Dallas, where it does not work out in your favor? So a lot of things to be said about Dallas. Maybe they should switch quarterbacks and see what happens. That'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah, because, oh, dang, we can't get into it today because we're running out of time. But I do want to hold your theory that you mentioned I will. during break, and we will definitely talk about it in the future. But, man, good Time flies when we're talking about football. It, it Dang really it. is. It's <laughs> on the gridiron when it really, oh really gets us going. Tomorrow, talking. we'll definitely talk more NFL after the games happen today. So we will have the schedule and the matchups for the rest of the NFL playoffs and get to UH basketball tomorrow as well. But for now, we got to go. For Paul Brecht, I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye.